For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. The deeper you get, the more impressive it is. Yeah, um... Hello and welcome to the Gridiron Show and it's our week five review when, yeah again, everything in the NFL went nuts. Two of the undefeated teams lost that record and the one who kept going, well, we are going to discuss just how long they can keep rolling. We're going to discuss your surprise playoff teams there's loads and loads for us to get to. What's happening to the Panthers? What's happening everywhere else? It's gone nuts. This is the Gridiron Show. Well, hello and welcome to the Gridiron Show. Ollie Hunter is joining me. In my front room, because uh, we're doing this one from home today. But don't worry, I've got the soundboard going. So, you know, if at any time uh, Ollie says something I don't agree with, I can press... Are they booing me? Are they booing me? Whoa. That's my new favourite. <laughs> Have you added some new ones? Uh, I've added two or three new ones. You've just heard one at the beginning. Uh, I found an old blooper from when I, old blooper even from when I asked you uh, about Jason Ferret, and I've added a few other ones. We will scatter them throughout the show. I'm sure. Ollie, how are you, sir? Um, I'm confused. So I, I updated my Mac to Mac OS Sierra, and I feel like a Luddite because it's just opened up. I forgot I, I updated it last night. I have no idea what's going on, um, which is there's nothing unusual in that. So none of your research notes are going to be available to you, and I will be doing the whole show on my own. Excellent. Uh, pretty much, buddy. Great uh, for everybody other than involved. That, arriving here this morning, someone was blocking me in. That's annoying. And then I realized I was going to your old house about halfway to getting there. Wonderful. So that's why I'm like, apologies, Mon Brave. Now, we're due to have quite a big name interview on this show if it gets arranged for today. If it doesn't, then later in the week, we're going to have not only Julio Jones, but Ooh. Dak Prescott's favourite new target oh, in man. Dallas. I thought you were going to say Cole Dak Prescott. Beasley. Who no longer has the crap hair. Yeah, lost the crap hair, suddenly became a target monster. Uh, we're going to talk to him about how that run game's opened. I mean, Dallas are one of the teams that we're going to talk about when we talk about teams we're surprised are in action in the playoffs as it currently stands. We've been asking you that on Twitter and Facebook as well, at Gridiron and Gridiron Mag UK. So, uh, yeah, get in touch with us on all those usual outlets. Uh, <clears throat> plenty to kind of work in from all of that, Ollie. Um, before we even get to that, though, uh, Alex Clark tweeted us this week, one of our favourite regular loyal listeners to the show, saying, one of my favourite things on the pod is when you guys chat, talk sports, office gossip and stories. It's one of Mike White's, uh, the Mike White's favourite people as well. Uh, yeah, of course it's his favourite. <laughs> he works for the BBC. He wants to hear just how, you know, what a mess we all are here. Well, I was thinking Alex Clark, but that's not the point. Oh, right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, Mike, that's a disgrace. Yeah. Old, old man. Um the reason I brought this up is because on the last podcast, we talked about the fact that I was going to meet Alex for a drink and you weren't sure. Not that Alex. Not that Alex. Uh, Alex from work, Alex. 
uh, for a drink. I nearly said her full name then, and that would be unacceptable. Um, <laughs> for I was going to meet her for a drink, and more the, unacceptable than what you actually did. Uh, no, this is pretty unacceptable. Yeah. So uh, uh, we discussed it. You thought that she was not happy with you because at a previous work, leaving drinks for somebody, a different member of staff kissed you as they were leaving in an inappropriate way. It was a goodbye. It was a peck, but it was completely inappropriate. Exactly. You then dis- <laughs> then you then demonstrated what was done on a different co-worker. I mean, HR would have had an absolute field day well, with this. Well, she was no longer a co-worker, so it was fine. <laughs> and I was demonstrating to a crowd. Uh, it was a bit out of order. And the fact that I didn't get invited to a subsequent subsequent barbecue, I thought, "Oh, hello, I've, uh, I've, I've, you've offended. I've offended." So I didn't ask you to go and investigate. I just the said, "The guy is drunk, but there you know, he goes." Pass, yeah, <laughs> kissing <Just>, coworkers. <laughs> just pass on my regards, and uh, I hope everything's all right. So, oh my goodness! Never, not- never set Will Gavin a task. That's not what I did. What I did was I explained to Alex exactly why Ollie thought that Alex was in a mood with her. And then when Alex said, I'm going to text him, give me his number, we're four or five pints deep at this point. She doesn't bother thinking to myself, I'll just check my phone to see if I've got Ollie's number, which she did, it turned out in the end. I pulled up my phone. I went to my recently dialed numbers. Funnily enough, you're in my recently dialed numbers. Who would have thought? I then held the phone out to her. She looked at it, went, which one is it? I took it back to my eyes and I read a number out loud. Now, the number I ended up reading out loud was not Ollie's number. The number I actually ended up reading out loud was at Johnners on Twitter, John Jackson from Virgin Radio, who I used to do student radio with. And she sent this text message, Ollie, it's Alex. I'm with Will and he says that you thought we had a falling out because of what happened at Was's leaving drinks. Just to say that's not the case, we're all good. Thumbs up. John Jackson Getting a number, getting a text message from a random number, not linking the fact that our names are both in it. Two close friends of his who he might remember, like and works in the same building. Exactly. uh, Decided to screenshot it and post it on Twitter. (laughs) Just got this wrong number. How should I string him along? Him? Oops. Surely I need to find out exactly what happened. It was his leaving drinks. He sourced that. He got about fifty responses to that tweet. At which point he picked out the best one. It was from Uncle Benji 75 and text this back to Alex. Hi, Alex. To be honest, if you're going to fall out with anyone, it's Will. When he tells you what he said to me about you at was his leaving drinks. Power fist aubergine. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Dropping me immediately in the poop. Uh, he then tweeted, no reply from Alex. I think him, I like to think him and Will are having an awkward chat over a picture of woo-woo at their local spoons. Hashtag reply to Alex. Uh-oh, breaking news incoming. Hashtag reply to Alex. So after about two minutes of arguing, we figured out that I'd given her the wrong number. And then we figured out it was John Jackson's number. So I just texted him going, bellend. <laughs> what? And I went, I gave you Alex your number instead of Ollie's by accident. It's all kicked off. So this then became a whole thing on Twitter. Warren got involved, the aforementioned person who's leaving drinks it was. Like, it, I don't know how Alex then later responded to you, but in general, uh, I made a right balls up of the whole thing. Well, incredibly, this wasn't the last of your ballsing it up. <laughs> oh, my God. What then happened? Well, uh, I got involved and uh, and Alex sent me a message saying, uh, Ollie, it's Alex. Turns out I'd been texting John Jackson, bloody will. Uh, yeah, of course. Anyway, he says the guy is that drunk, he thought but we were falling out, but that's not the case. We're all good. 
thumbs up. So he sent you basically the exact same she sent you. I'm getting her gender confused now. And then I said that to you. Oh, she's it's all good. She's basically sent me the, the exact same message. She then replies without me replying to that last one. And I did not send you the exact same message, you little <laughs> sh- So you <laughs> drop me in it with Alex. Again. Oh, I forgot that happened. You're I was, the worst um, human being ever. I was far more drunk than I thought I was. Uh, there we go. So that's ten minutes of the podcast, absolutely wasted on work <laughs> the, stories. When the, we, when none we've of only you got, guys will ever get back. <laughs> when we've only got forty-five minutes to record today due to work constraints. I don't think the payoff was there at the end for the listeners. No, but I enjoyed it, so <laughs> it's fine. Yeah. Uh, let's talk Ollie first of all. Let's talk Ollie. Do I have a cheering one? For the bang? I've got that. That's fine. That'll do. Last week we discussed which of the losing teams, which of the undefeated teams would lose their record first. You said the Philadelphia Eagles would lose it this weekend to the Detroit Lions. And technically, they did lose it first because the Denver Broncos waited about another three hours till they lost their losing record. Didn't I so, say the Denver Broncos would, would struggle as well? Yeah, you probably did. I think you had a really good week on that front whilst I was all over the shop. Do but, you know the amazing thing? Yep, yeah, go on. I forgot to put my picks into Gridiron Pick'em. Oh, you are a state. <laughs> right, so if somebody would happily go back and listen to Ollie's picks from the podcast, Just the 6 send them games. to us, and then Ollie will buy you a drink. Just the 6 p.m. games. Just the 6 p.m. games, apparently. And Thursday night football, I imagine? Yeah, and Thursday night football. You're a disgrace. I will buy someone a drink at our uh, end-of-season tailgate party. Uh, exactly. Ta- uh, not tailgate party, end-of-season international after party. series after-party. Gridiron-magazine.com forward slash after party. Tickets are £10. Free magazine, free beer on entry. There's bowling. There's screens showing the big games. There's all of that going on. It's going to be really good fun. Come down and join us. But I want to start off by talking about the undefeated Minnesota Vikings. They Whoa. ran out uh, 31 to 13 winners over the Texans. Apparently, I don't have it was in front 31. of me And either. the funny thing about that was, it was the other, there were two games that were exactly the same. A palindrome. 13 to 31. Excellent. I love those. I, that, I, that obviously really, really pleased you. It did. Uh, <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> what floats my boat? The main thing is it's time to take the Vikings super seriously. As I've been saying since he signed, even before he played, Sam Bradford is perfect in uh, North Turner's offense. Uh, the two touchdown drives to open the game were unbelievably good. Bradford's arm looks excellent, hitting 22 of 30 passes without Stefan Diggs even in the lineup. While Brock Osweiler, <laughs> he doesn't look very good after five weeks, does he? Called it. Another one I called. Didn't believe it. Did not buy it. John Elway knows. He's like Alex Ferguson. He knows when to get rid of a player and how much to pay them. Brock Osweiler is not worth what they paid. I think we're on the offensive line was a bit of a mess. They didn't really get the run game going. And Lamar Miller didn't have a terrible day. But all in all, wow, that's Vikings secondary, that Vikings defense. DeAndre Hopkins, Will Fuller, no chance. They got four tackles for loss, 13 quarterback hits. Really, really messy for them. Um, and we asked on Twitter, when will they lose? Here's their upcoming schedule. So schedule. the Vikings going to their bye this week. Then they're at the Eagles, at the Bears. Uh, home to the Lions at Washington, Cards at home at Lions, Cowboys at Jags, Colts at Green Bay, Bears. That's their full thing. So we asked uh, out there. Uh, I've got one. When will they lose? Go on. 
where I think they'll lose. Right. Shall we go through the Twitter responses and then you can tell me? Well, no, no. I want you to... Well, let's go through the Twitter responses, but then I want you to guess where I think they'll lose. Fine. Me so, being the clairvoyant one. I like it. I like it. So... Unless uh, I replied to that Twitter response, which I might have done, therefore this is null and void. I've got copy and paste in front of me, so it's okay, fine. Okay, fantastic. Mate. British Bird Gang said, we'll take them down. That's the cards in week 11. Uh, Andy Giddings said, Cowboys look the biggest threat because of their O-line. We'll talk about that in a minute. Cards might be an interesting matchup. Teams with weak pass protection and no threat could be uh, make up most of their rest of their schedule, I think he means. Schedule. Um, Matt McGlone says they should finish 13-3. and three. Surely that'll be enough for the number one seed in the NFC this season. I, yeah, 13-3 and three will probably do it. I think, you know, 14-2 uh, and two will definitely, but you'd be surprised with the way that this division is going at the moment. But again, don't write off another team that I like, which we'll talk about in a bit. Most likely Packers or Cards, but next week's storyline is going to be crazy because it's Wentz v. Bradford. It's not next week, it's the week after, but we all know what you mean. Yeah, bye week next week, guys. <laughs> Tom Gibbs, who you might uh, know, he's been on the TalkSport NFL show, TalkSport All-American show. He is uh, a, a Vikings sports fan. writer and a Vikings fan. Just And says, he went out there to, to the new stadium, as did. There's a really interesting article uh, by, I think it's Ollie Kay in the mail who says that West Ham could learn from uh, the the building of and occupying of this stadium it looks I'm, I'm sorry I'm just going to say this it looks an incredible stadium doesn't it well Tom Gibbs says we will destroy all in our way before losing horribly in the first round of the playoffs uh, which would be very funny which is classic Vikings Blair Walsh uh, suffering the curse of the old show. Um, and Adam Nichols says, Arizona, if they wake up, Dallas, if they leave Romo on the bench, ooh, and at Lambeau, those are the three tough ones. I think everyone's agreeing those are the three games they should lose. But based on how the NFL's going so far this season, that means they're going to lose to the Chicago Bears in three weeks' time. <laughs> they might very well do, with Brian Hoyer under centre. I think so. You, you're saying you've picked one... I think you're saying you've. I think you're saying you've picked a surprise one, which is why you're saying you've got somewhere that you think they'll struggle. Maybe, maybe not. If it's not at the Eagles in two weeks' time, I. I think, it's not at the Eagles. I, I give think you, that. you think in Washington. Oh my God! You know me too well. Yeah. <laughs> I think they'll lose. I think they'll lose in Washington. I think Washington have. I think you're wrong, but carry on. I think Washington. <laughs> Uh, are grinding out results. This finally finding uh, Kirk Cousins finally finding some of the receivers that he wasn't finding earlier on. Pierre Garçon, um, uh, uh, Vernon Davis. I don't know if he's a tight end, but I think Washington are a team that's on the rise. And who would have thought that the NFC North, the former division of disgrace, was the was the NFC North of what? Maybe in my head, it was a division, <laughs> division of disgrace. Um, now has three teams with winning records. It's incredible. Uh, I think we maybe came close to calling it one year, but then realised that the NFC East could never... The yeah, yeah, East and the AFC South just could, should keep splitting it between them. Not NFC North, the NFC East. What am I on about? Oh, yeah, the NFC East have been the division. Yeah, the race. NFC East. You're what am I on about? Right Sorry, there. guys. Yeah, yeah, it's early in the morning. What so, can... we like the Vikings. That's what we're basically saying. Um, There's That defence is insane. And when you've got... Stefan Diggs has been out... Okay, he was limited last week and he was out this week. Adam Thielen comes in. Um, uh, Calderell Patterson is starting to look like a, a, an NFL player once again. It, they are looking a really, really good side. Aziata catching the ball out of the backfield. The one issue is their their run blocking isn't great and therefore the ground game with Jarek McKinnon isn't as spectacular as it could be. But that's something that they can work on. 
I think the Vikings look like a, a nailed-on playoff team, if not NFC Championship team, because they've got exactly what they need, the defense to do it. And there's two other teams we're going to talk about in the NFC that I think won't make the distance, even though everyone's loving them at the moment, uh, because we're going to be talking about surprise playoff teams going forward. This is what the rest of the show is meant to be about, or was meant to be about, when I wrote a really nice fancy running order yesterday. And then last night happened. Robert Aguayo kicked a 38-yard field goal as time expired as the Tampa Bay Buccaneers defeated the Carolina Panthers 17-14. to Aguayo had already missed from 33 and 46 yards earlier in the game, was just three of seven on field goals this season before the winning kick. Let's just remember, they took him in the second round. Oh, it's the wrong way round. Oh, sorry, the second round. <laughs> that was so great. That was so crap for podcasts. Great, great visual gag. <laughs> yeah. Jameis Winston's 18 of 30 for 219 yards and a touchdown led that 66-yard drive to get them into field goal range. But a horrible face mask penalty from Coney Ely hurt the Panthers in particular. Derek Anderson just turned the ball over. Now, this is the question, Ollie. Was Derek Anderson under centre? Is this just... Another blip in the road because they didn't have Cam there? Or should we be truly concerned that one and four, this Panthers team are going nowhere near the playoffs now? Um, no, I don't think we should be that concerned that they're going nowhere near the playoffs. I think it was a lot to do with Derek Anderson. He made some ludicrous decisions. Okay, I think he'd uh, connected with Greg Olsen for about 180 yards before he tried to force it into double coverage on first down in the red zone. Uh, and it was picked by, uh, was it Brent Grimes? I think it was Brent Grimes. Maybe. Someone like that. Um, that was a very poor decision. And the, the game was littered with poor decisions from him. Decisions perhaps Cam Newton wouldn't make. But Tight spiral Greg Olsen has never, that was a career day for him. He'd never had that amount of, of, of receiving yards with Cam Newton or anyone before that. And And it needs to be mentioned that, you look at what's happening, uh, the other losses they had at the Broncos, where well, the Broncos look unbelievable, and I know they just lost to the Falcons, but at the Falcons was one of their other losses. Mm-hmm. The Vikings, who we now, at this point, know are an incredible team, and that Buccaneers game, are we blaming under, uh, on the fact they lost their quarterback? Up next, they're going to the Saints, which you should expect should be a win, but it's in division, and they lost there last year. Saints, Saints will have had a week off, so... And then they've got Cardinals, at Rams, Chiefs, Saints, I mean, realistically, down that stretch of games, they need to go 5-1 and one for us to take this team seriously as a playoff mm. team. And it's going to be tough. I might go out on a limb, although I went out on a limb last week, and it might cost me dearly, and say the Panthers aren't going to make the playoffs this year. Last year's NFC champions. I will be... A- I will beer bet you that they will make the playoffs. I still have faith. Jonathan Stewart will be back next week. I think they are going to go. That is seven and nine bullshit. Mate, I think you're, you're that is. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you've got to bring it back occasionally. Oh, can I just say, was that the most clutchiest of kicks? Ever. No, because uh, that was Adam, Adam Vinatieri has kicked two Super Bowl winning field goals okay, it's, uh, <laughs> in his life. If a Super Bowl is winning, Vinatieri's are always going to be back the next year if he misses those field goals. That was Robert Aguayo's. He, he still might even get cut. That was his NFL career on he, the line there. I understand what you're saying with that, but I think there is an element with kickers that there's always... 
that feeling. Um, but, I, yeah, Ryan suck up still in the league. So it yeah, was <laughs> it was generally a weird game. Uh, Panthers blowing opportunities left, right, and center. Let's move on and talk about those teams who might be surprise teams from the beginning of the season who might actually make the playoffs. Now, I can run down the list that people have sent us so we could talk about the games. I think the next two things I had lined up, actually, was to talk about the two teams who had winning records and lost them. Do you want to talk about those two games quickly first? Yeah, which includes the team that beat them, obviously. Uh, (laughs) Because I want to talk the Falcons. Yeah, so the Atlanta Falcons, 23, Denver Broncos, 16. Um... My immediate reaction to this, and one thing that should be mentioned, uh, the big news story over the last couple of weeks. Oh, we just talked about the Buccaneers. Charles Sims on IR for the rest of the year. Oh, Let's, that uh, is a massive blow. Round up. Make sure we round up the news. That is a big blow. Kubiak will not coach the Broncos on Thursday against the Chargers. They have a chance to bounce back from this one very quickly on Thursday night. Uh, Gary Kubiak ha- had to go to hospital. Uh, it's, been, it's an unspecified medical condition from what I last understood, unless more has come out since then. Wade Phillips will call the defense. Rick Dennison will call the uh, will take on the uh, offensive play calling duties. Whilst uh, Joe DiCamillis will be in as the interim head t- coach. He's the special teams coordinator. So we all hope Gary Kubiak get well soon. I hope it wasn't the stress of this loss that did it to you. But we want to talk about surprise teams this year. The Falcons are well up there as people's surprise teams. Wasn't ready to trust the Falcons until I saw them play a great defense. Remy Bennett says, after yesterday, I'm sold. Uh, Timothy Rowley cites the Falcons and Dallas, both surprised me this season with the way they've started. They've got to go out there. They've got to keep their form up and stay healthy, but standout players on both of those teams. And, You've been loving the Atlanta Falcons, Ollie Hunter. Yeah, I've, um, it's one of my two articles in uh, Tuesday Morning Touchdown. Which you made up for for the fact that I didn't do one. And week. I didn't do one last week. Thanks, buddy. So, you know, that's the kind of guy I am. I am all over the Falcons. What they are doing scheme-wise is amazing. They recognize that there was uh, a lack of talent... A la- <laughs> A lack of talent in the linebacking core when facing fast wide receivers or fast running backs. And that's what they did. Tevin Coleman had an absolute field day in that backfield, torching Brandon Marshall for one touchdown. Um... Going, uh, making countless yards, countless, you can count them, 133, <laughs> but make it, making a lot of yards, even when Julio Jones was double covered. That's what Shanahan and, um, what's his name? It's the Falcons head coach, Dan, Dan Quinn. Um, that's what they've been doing brilliantly uh, this whole season, getting the players that are dynamic, getting them the ball. When you when you've also got Matt Ryan, who's cut down his errors, they've brought in Mohamed Sanu, who's been a great foil for Julio Jones, Jake and Tabit, Tammy. Okay. He didn't have a good game last week, uh, yesterday, uh, or sorry, this week, but he's been decent so far. Austin Hooper, the rookie tight end has, has, has come in. The offense looks incredible. Back that up with now someone that can rush the ball. Atlanta, Atlanta Falcons okay. have, a, have a pass rusher. Vic Beasley, man. Here is where we're going to diverge. It's incredible. The Falcons are incredible at the moment. There's The reason that the Falcons and the Cowboys, who we'll get to in a moment, I believe, may still make the playoffs but won't make an impact 
is their lack of pass rush. And Vic Beasley may have got four sacks on Sunday, but allow me to make the case for why that's an inflated stat. I know, because he was going up against an in- injured player. Yeah. First of all, Donald Stevenson's absence at right tackle made a big difference. Tyson Brelo, he beat him for three sacks, two forced fumbles, and he's not a particularly good tackle. Well, he's got, And he's coming back from an injury. The reason he came in is because Stevenson went out early in, in the game and... He wasn't ready. He wasn't yeah, ready. If you're, to, if you're to filling in in those sorts of situations, it's never easy. But there's also the issue with Denver, and uh, this is why I'm saying Broncos fans don't panic. Trevor Simeon will be back next week. That's so bizarre. To <laughs> so be like, Trevor Simeon's going to be back on Thursday night, so you're going to be fine. Trevor Simeon has suited that offense immediately. He's picked up exactly what Kubiak does. He's great at the bootlegs. He's great at getting the ball out quickly. Paxton Lynch, uh, for uh, he's a project anyway. And when we saw him coming in the game last week, the speed at which the ball comes out of his hands is just something that maybe two, three NFL players can do. I mean, the, the power rather than the, mm. the Tom Brady-esque quickness at getting it out is something only two or three players in the NFL can manage. And the raw talent perspective, he looks phenomenal. But he did not read the field well last night or Sunday night. And the Falcons actually are a good coverage team. We love Desmond Trufant. We talk about yeah. him a lot. But they're getting good play out of, um, out of their other corners there as well and out of their safeties. They, uh, they played a lot of two safety high looks as well. And, and there's, <laughs> we're going to talk about that with the Bengals later. But they, they kind of... Dared, the, dared them to run on them a bit and Paxton Lynch just held on to the ball too long and so many of those sacks come down to him not getting the ball away not throwing it out that I just think people are going to go oh my god the Falcons have got it all together now and I just that's what I do. feel like I'm on the bandwagon uh, <laughs> there's another occasion later where we're going to need to do that as well there's but... no way you're going to need it for the Bengals bandwagon pal <laughs> no the Pussycats music is coming out for that don't you worry um Right, so, yeah, that's my reasoning. And, and just moving it on to the Dallas Cowboys. Uh, for, first of all, we've, we've got the bandwagon music lined up. Let's get the cats as well. Uh, John Carlson got a touch saying, please jump off the Bengals bandwagon. We play so much better when you don't believe in them. Uh, I mean, that's a great point. And Rob Cranmer, you might want to start shopping for cowboy shirts, Will. Because last week I said, if the Cowboys make the playoffs, I will wear a Cowboy shirt to the first international series game of next season. That's probably the worst decision. You, <laughs> that's, that's worse than the time that you bet your beard on something and then you ended up having to shave it off. Do you know I've done that twice as well in my life? I'm going to get you to do it again. <laughs> I know Sarah said that she'd never speak to me again if I got you to do it again. But uh, uh, it, that's, it's still too funny, your... My your bald face. Your bald, bleachy face. Um, the question is, are the Cowboys a legitimate threat to the playoffs after this game? And uh, just to start off with the fact that I still am concerned about that pass rush. I know that they got more pressure with um, uh, DeMarcus Lawrence returning to the lineup, but the way the, the Bengals was incredibly frustrating the other night because. When it came to the offensive side of the ball, Dallas just completely controlled that game for the first half. Mm-hmm. And the problem is, is that the, the way the Bengals play football is that they play with that brilliant defensive line with DeMarta Peco and um, uh, Carlos, Donner. Uh, Carlos Donner on the outside, the other uh, Gino Atkins in the middle. But they play quite tight and they force guys to go to the outside and they allow their safety, their, their um, corners or their safeties, if the scheme is right, to then make the blocks on the outside in the run game. 
And that just didn't work against the Bron- uh, Cowboys because, funnily enough, they've got an incredible offensive line. And <laughs> I didn't know this. Yeah, you might have noticed, but they are amazing at getting blocks. And what happened is we saw Zeke Elliott bounce to the outside and we saw him get some the, the, the big touchdown, obviously, off that as well. But it almost felt like it was the perfect matchup to, A, show how good that Cowboys O-line really is and how much they've recovered from a down season last year, but also the perfect team to play the Bengals at this time of the year while the Bengals still don't have Tyler Eifert. They really are missing those two receivers they lost in this offseason. Tyler Boyd is not looking like a guy that is going to step up in his rookie season. He may still do, but Tyler Eifert coming back is almost as important for the Bengals as it is for your fantasy team right now, Ollie. And Be- to all of my fantasy teams. Because I am well teetering on this bandwagon. I'm still on it, but it's on a rocky mountain road and I'm teetering all over the place. But I still think the Cowboys can't compete with the likes of uh, the Vikings or the Green Bay Packers because they've they've got got no pass rush. And we'll get on to the Packers in a minute because... I got very excited watching the Packers on Sunday night. Yeah, well, excited at, at the beginning. Not so excited in the middle, as per uh, Mike McCarthy and his and his scheming and play calling. Anyway, we'll get to that. I, I just want to say that and you can see Andy Dalton is frustrated with his receivers. Uh, AJ Green was, was brilliantly covered all night, so it was very difficult to get him the ball. It then fell to Brandon LaFell, but there was one pass uh, uh, over the middle, it would have been a first down, that he slung at Tyler Boyd. And maybe someone like Des Bryant or even AJ Green would have caught that. It was slightly behind him, but it, was, it was, went out like a rocket. Tyler Boyd hasn't had enough playing time or enough targets to be able to catch a ball like that. I think... Uh, it may have been Phil Sims or, or the play, or the the the, um, the color commentator on the on on the on the game said exactly the same thing. You need to get these players more uh, game time and more targets so that they can they can prove that they've got it. Some some get it straight away. Tyler Boyd obviously needs a bit more time. Four days like no other, a festival like no other, for a bookmaker like no other. Bet Fred. Get up to £40 in free bets when you sign up using promo code CHELT40 and stake £10 on any Cheltenham race. Bet Fred at the heart of Cheltenham. 18 plus, new UK customers only. Available from March 6th to March 13th. £30 free bets credited within 10 hours of first bet settlement. Extra £10 free bets credited if first bet loses. Full terms at betfred.com slash promotions. Keep it fun. Begambleaware.org. Hey guys, it's Devon Sam here from LucasAid Sports Podcast, running the show. Check out this week's episode where we get to meet the one and only Anthony Joshua. Oh my goodness, do you think he wants to be friends with us now? Uh, yeah, mate, he, he told me that he wants to link up and have a bit of sparring. Yeah, sure he did. So head to all your podcast providers and click subscribe now. Also get in touch with us at LucasAid Sport using the hashtag running the show. You will not regret it. Uh, now, Ryan Peacock got in touch saying the Cowboys, they finally have a good quarterback. <laughs> uh, somebody else mentioned the Cowboys as well. Dallas surprised me so far this season. So, Dak Prescott, I want you to ask me the question, Ollie, because I feel like you should have done it anyway. And it's terrible journalistic skills that you haven't. I'm loving this headset. It means I can lie down in an essential position and stare at you. I don't like it. Don't like it at all. Is he going to stay in? Will Romo replace him? Is that the question? He should. 
That's that's my simple answer. Now that, that's going to some Dallas fans are going to be screaming at their earphones right now, saying ridiculous. Dak Prescott's been amazing. Look at our record with him under center. What is so key this year is that Tony Romo, when he came back from injury last year, looked terrible. And the reason he did is because they didn't have a, a valid backup and. They rushed him. He, he was rushed. Remember that Thanksgiving game where he got absolutely hammered. He looked so scared any time pass rush came anywhere near him. He was seeing ghosts in the backfield constantly. And what this means is that Dak Prescott, instead of rushing him back for week six, which is they were originally talking about him being as early as that, they can let him get fully healthy, get throwing, get the yips out from underneath him. And then in, say, week 10, bring him back in and let him go on a playoff run because that's the sort of team it will be at that point if they continue this kind of pace they're on at the moment. As I've said, I'm still concerned about the pass rush, but I think you'd be absolutely crazy not to bring back a player of Tony Romo's quality if he is fully fit again. And then let Dak Prescott continue to learn at his knee for the next 18 months or so, and then bring him back in in a couple of years' time. And you've got this guy who... They've simplified their offense for him in a big way, Dak mm. Prescott. It is a lot easier for him, and he's being offered the right sort of looks, and he's running it brilliantly. Don't get me wrong. I'm not, I'm not putting down what he's done, but he is a later-round rookie, working behind the best O-line in football, working, working with a running back who, since after week three, they told him to slow down. I'm going to ask Cole Beasley about this. I want to know if they actually told him to, because he looks so much more patient as a runner in the last recent weeks. He's trying not to force it, and that's why he's breaking off these big runs. It's all working out perfectly for them right now, but I know the Dallas Cowboys, and I know what can happen to them. Someone will get suspended, someone will get injured, and so I just think, believe in Dak Prescott. He is someone worth believing in, but let's let him learn properly behind Romo for the next two years instead of forcing him to stay in the lineup in place of Romo, Tom Brady style. Yeah, I agree. I mean, it, you don't want a knee-jerk reaction from the organisation. And I think actually Jerry Jones is such a Romo believer and has invested so much in him. He Remember, Jerry Jones is a, a businessman and this is an asset that he's invested a lot in to suddenly get rid of that asset. All right, he's got a, an up-and-coming one. Romo's stock is still very high with the Cowboys, with Jerry Jones. That's where he's going to go. Um, and I, I think, yeah, it is a no-brainer that he comes back. Week 10 is uh, is Washington. Um, I think that's a game that I'm going to. Yeah, it is. So, that's the Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving game. So that will be incredible to see in AT&T. Uh, deep-fried turkey. I need that deep-fried turkey. Uh, no, week 10 is Ravens, sorry. Week 11 is is Washington, and then they're away at the Vikings. That will be really interesting to see. Right, we, we're not going to go through every game this week in too much depth, but there are a couple more we want to get to. However, if we are managing to interview Cole Beasley today, this will be the opportunity for us to speak with Dak Prescott's favourite target. His, almost his comfort blanket, as it were, in Dallas, Cole Beasley. Cole Beasley there, or Cole Beasley not there. I'm not 100% sure at the moment. I hope he was. If not, you'll get to hear from him on Thursday, Friday. So it's a win-win-win for you either way. Uh, we should talk about the Eagles because they also lost their losing record, but I want to talk about the Packers. Green Bay Packers beat the New York Giants 23-16. to uh, This game fascinated me for a number of reasons. Firstly, Odell Beckham. What a wonderful moment when he and the kicking net got it back together. After some tumultuous times, after maybe some domestic violence issues that have blighted the NFL for some time. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Odell Beckham gets Allegedly, we can't endorse <laughs> that. That's just a joke. 
Uh, please don't come after us, NFL. He gets his first touchdown of the season, and he makes out with the kicking net. But it wasn't enough, was it, Odell? Uh, I, I, I want to talk about the Giants first, because I watched this game in full yesterday. And it wasn't a touchdown, by the way. Uh, it was on the line. <laughs> yeah, no, it definitely was a touchdown. You're definitely being ridiculous. It wasn't a touchdown. Utterly ridiculous. You're ridiculous. Um, the first thing to, to talk about, this is a fascinating game, because it's the same two offenses going head-to-head but being ran in different ways. Now, there's only two teams really in the NFL, and I was reading a great article by um, the really good guy at the MMQB, whose name Andy Benoit, about this very subject last week. Uh, they both run what is a spread offense, lots of wide receivers, but then with a West Coast lean to it. So lots of short routes, lots of slant routes, and you allow your receivers to beat guys single rather than running crossing trees and all those sorts of things which get guys open. But what you're, you've got is you've got the Giants who run that same scheme, but on a timing basis. So it's all about Eli getting the ball out quickly, finding his first man. And on the other side, you've got the Packers who run basically the exact same offense except Aaron Rodgers does whatever the f*** he wants. And why wouldn't he do whatever the f*** he wants? Um, And and that's kind of... That was in itself absolutely fascinating to me. Uh, I also... uh, Firstly, for for the Giants, they obviously lost this game, but I think they lost to a much better team. Uh, They... What they did do, they finally got something interesting happening with Odell Beckham. Uh, There was a great Paul Perkins run early in the game where they ran a... um, uh, What's it called? (laughs) A screen. They ran a running back screen, but they put... Odo Beckham in motion on the left, and that just drew all of the attention of the defense because Odo Beckham was doing something, and suddenly they run this screen, and it was all completely a diversion. And they need to just do much more of that with Odo Beckham. They need to get him in motion. They need to get him crossing. They need to get him. If he's doing stuff that allows other players to make plays, then the Giants will be really successful this year. But right now, I'm back on the Packers bandwagon. No, no, no. Can you not be? We know what you like. No, I am. I am. I am (laughs) Back on. Get off that bandwagon, The the Packers bandwagon. (laughs) Get off it. No. Get on on the Vikings bandwagon for the Super Bowl. I don't want you on my bandwagon. (laughs) Get off. There's no room here. I I think an all-NFC North uh, NFC title game. Packers-Vikings. Those are the two teams playing best in the the NFC right now. The return of... uh, of of the first ever game in that uh, what is it the uh, M&T Banks US Bank Stadium, US Bank Stadium. Is, yeah. that would be amazing the M&T Banks uh, the Ravens yeah uh, alright uh, the, yeah the one I've been to <laughs> should know that sorry sorry guys um, the the reason I like them so much, first of all, I got annoyed about the Josh Sitton trade. And Josh Sitton, I still think, would be doing a phenomenal job there. And he is doing a good job. Uh, now they've got a half-decent running back in Chicago. But... Uh, who's the fellow they brought in? <laughs> TJ Lang? TJ, it, it, is it TJ Lang, though? JC Treader? Uh, come on, keep going. Through that um, line for me. <laughs> Bakhtiari, no. Uh, who, by the way, Bakhtiari is playing like uh, an all-pro. Like, I, and I mean like a first-team all-pro. He's been absolutely brilliant. He got Taylor Lane is who I'm Taylor Lane, about. that's it. He got, he or got Lane beat. Taylor. Lane Taylor. I literally just read his name out the wrong way Come around. on, man. Um, <laughs> he, uh, Bakhtiari got beaten, I think, only once. Uh, and that was, a, that was kind of a stumble. Um, JPP, I think, beat him uh, and, and managed to uh, get to Rogers. But he has been incredible this season. It's, You're it, right. It's not being talked about, 
but the Packers have the best O-line outside of Dallas in the entire of the NFL. Well, I 100% agree with you. Aaron Rodgers had five seconds, six seconds, six and a half seconds at different times during that game to hold on to the ball, to make throws, to allow plays to develop, which allows Jordy Nelson to get downfield for you. Randall Cobb had a big day, finally getting back into the game. And I know they had the two picks, and there was one of them was the tipped pick, and uh, you want to argue that maybe they weren't both his fault. But all in all... Whilst Aaron Rodgers didn't have his best game individually, what the Packers did overall, and we've already talked about how much of their defence, I am loving the Packers right if now. If anybody has Game Pass, just go back, maybe even watch the broadcast version of the first eight and a half, nine minutes, that first Packers drive. <clears throat> Excuse me. And it is... Just really good football, really nice play calling, really interesting. The 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 different packages, receivers in, in the backfield, um, Eddie Lacy busting out yards. That is Packers football. Why Mike McCarthy doesn't do that for the entire game, I have no idea. A lot of Packers fans would agree with me there. But that first eight and a half minutes is a joy to watch. Now... Uh... The Philadelphia Eagles lose 24-23 to the Detroit Lions. Two late uh, turnovers costing them. Why, um, Eagles, why? <laughs> uh, fortunately, I don't have that one on here, I don't think. Damn it. Uh, that would have been perfect right here. Um, why, Eagles, why? It doesn't go like that, sorry. I think it, this was a bit of a weird game, this one. Uh, the Eagles, I think probably on balance and play, didn't deserve to lose. But they gave up the two uh, turnovers. Darius Slay causing both of them the fumble. You're going to high-five me on Darius Slay. Like the, 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 the catch, the fumble was insane. Then there was a little move to, as the ball was about to go out. Ollie's out of his seat right now. There was a little move just to tip it back. That was, that was amazing. So there was a, the fumble recovery. But then the interception was a thing of beauty. The play caller called it. Darius Slay became the receiver because Nelson Aguilar gave up the ball from Carson Wentz. And he saw the ball coming over, turned his head at the correct time. The ball's coming over, back shoulder, and he catches it, then turns around, starts to make some yards, decides that the game's on the line, and goes to the ground. It was an incredible play. Unicorns! Show ponies! Where's the beef? It was that level of play. Uh, so I, I'm not panicking if I'm the Eagles and I'm not getting overexcited if I'm the Lions. Stafford uh, got back into his rhythm with quick passes. Jim Bob Cooter using lots of misdirection early on, which did cause Schwartz's defence some problems. And maybe that's going to be the way to beat Jim Schwartz's defence. And maybe they've set out a bit of a template. But Carson Wentz in the inception just looked like a guy who was frustrated, a guy who um, was trying to force the game. And it was a rookie error, basically. And I don't want to kill him for it because he is a rookie and he'll make those sorts of mistakes and we didn't expect the Eagles to be 3-1 and one at this point. And we didn't I think Eagles would have taken them. that. So let's let's not get too underexcited by the Eagles. Right, we need to roll through the rest of these games at this point. Yes. Um, there's, uh, we kind of, we asked on Facebook and on Twitter about your surprise teams. Who are we taking seriously? So Ollie, I want to ask you through these teams, who are we taking seriously? And we should probably start with the New England Patriots. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's been wonderful that we've gone this long Hold without on. having just, to just, talk about it. Just them. one second. There was a lot of this from you today, so I'm just going to... 
Yeah, well done, mate. Yeah. I think my exact words last weekend were, I was going to say 400 yards as well. That's what I'm annoyed about. I started to say 400, and then I went, eh, 300 plus yards and three touchdowns. Tom Brady came out and was phenomenal. And the off-season acquisition of Martellus Bennett is going to completely transform that offense. Has done already. Rob Gronkowski made a hu- had a huge impact on the team this weekend, as well as Tom Brady being in for more snaps. I know Martellus Bennett got the flashy, fancy numbers, got the three touchdowns. They're both in blocking. They're both in making catches. They're offsetting lines. They're creating mismatches against linebackers. And do you know what's going to be really exciting? If they get Dion Lewis back fully fit, and you've got those two tight ends, you've got Julian Incredleman, you've got Dion Lewis, all able to create mismatches, get it out of the backfield. That Hogan stretches the field. Chris And Chris Hogan. How could I forget about Chris Hogan? He had an incredible game. The Patriots offense is terrifying. Patriots Packers Super Bowl for me right now. <laughs> we could easily see a Patriots Broncos replay Look, in the get on uh, the Patriots bandwagon. Game. Get off the Packers. <laughs> um, how sorry do you feel for the Browns? Uh, I, you know, I, uh, first of all, Terrell Pryor came in and got. I remembered that we saw Terrell Pryor play for the Raiders when they beat the Chargers back in 2013. And me and Dixon, the old uh, the host of the old show, we came away from that game being like, I, Terrell Pryor looks like a legit player. Um, I maybe. Got overexcited about that. But, you know, it, it actually, I, I'm starting to think between Chaz Whitehurst and him, they might have an all right quarterback. <laughs> they should just, to be nice. The problem be nice is the they need him outside as a wide receiver, but they he'd probably be better for the whole entire team if he went under centre. Is human cloning allowed? No, not okay, yet. Right, uh, but we know the Patriots are going to be good, so yeah. we can move on from that. Uh, are we taking the... Buffalo Bills, seriously. I don't think we can, can we? I think we kind of have to. I mean, the defense is suddenly looking good. Sorry, that that's worth a hysterical drop because Rob Ryan's... Hysterical! The guy is drunk, but there he goes! I can't hear a word you're saying over those drops then, I'm sorry, but... Rob Ryan, Rex Ryan, <clears throat> who is actually running it? Because it can't be Rob Ryan, because... Maybe it, maybe it just got stale in... Martin, in well, Martin Conn says... New Orleans. Los Angeles? Oh, no, in New Orleans with Rob Ryan. Yeah, no, yeah. yeah I'm not, maybe okay. it just got stuck. Or maybe the first year he's at a team, he's always had a really good season, and then they've fallen apart when he's been allowed to make any kind of decisions yeah. on personnel. Uh, Martin Conn says the Bills are uh, vying for an AFC spot as far as I'm concerned, whilst Daniel O'Hagan says, as much as my I love my Bills, they'll probably F it up. Um, they beat the Los Angeles Rams 31-19. Uh, the Bills back above 500 after everyone, including us, wrote off Rex Ryan, Rob Ryan, the whole lot of them. Um, Anthony Lynn has turned around the offense, and I uh, have to apologize to the fans of Buffalo and the people of Buffalo for slagging people off that decision. Of Buffalo. Because <laughs> Sean McCoy has found his stride. Tyrod Taylor's looking good. Uh, Jeff Fisher, hey, buddy. That is 7-9 and nine bullshit. Because it was, just generally. Down with seven less than six minutes to go. The Rams settled for a field goal from the Bills' four-yard line. That is... That is seven and nine bullshit. That's the only way that can be described. Uh, so, yeah, that's, uh, I'm, I'm taking the Bills seriously. Defense is looking good. It's a, a mishmash of players, that, especially that linebacking core, the Rob Ryan, Rex Ryan, the Ryans, just Ryan... Um, <laughs> uh, have managed to to get a tune out of. They're looking really, really good. Are we taking the Oakland Raiders seriously? Oof, they're four and one. Yeah, they're four and one. 
Yeah. I mean, did you see that Derek Carr pass for the the twenty yard touchdown? Yeah. The the, the Crabtree one. Whoa. That um, was a heck of a pass. When Crabtree doesn't have a great game, which he didn't, he didn't have a a game living up to the past the previous two. Amari Cooper suddenly turns up to play. So, I mean, yeah, you kind of got to take them seriously. Uh, the the Amari Cooper got back into this game as well. Um, the, the, Just said that the, the big problem. Uh, sorry, yeah, I was listening. Um, look, Joey Bosa got a sack. There's some hope for the Chargers. Yeah. I mean, there's no hope for the Chargers. Four turnovers, a botched field goal to level the game with 206 on the board. They've, they've they're, led. They're, they're awful. Prior to this week, they'd led in the last two minutes of every game they'd lost. And in this game, they still led with five minutes to go. They are an absolute mess right now. I mean, people, I, I feel so bad for them because I do like Mike McCoy, but they're making such terrible fourth quarter decisions and turning the ball over. And it's just making me angry Mike, and sad and a little bit. You know what they need to do? Wet. <laughs> Wet? <laughs> you just can't just chuck in weird words. Moist. You, you just can't do that. They need to get on the baby blue and use their kit watch. Kit watch! They need to get the baby blue out and get back to winning ways because that's the only way that they're going to turn this around. The other uniforms are cursed. Uh, uh, easy to see why we might take the Steelers seriously up against the New York Jets we thought oh this could be a game where they struggle that run defence is pretty good Le'Veon Bell bounced to the outside Sammy Coates looks like he's suddenly the obvious third choice receiver there Marcus Wheaton is back and yeah, making plays he kept plays. dropping balls he had a great game kept dropping balls in ridiculous situations Sammy Coates sorts that out he will be a legit player at the same time though 72-yard touchdown, raw, incredibly athletic. Antonio Brown had another good game. Uh, without Eric Decker there, Brandon Marshall still working his way to 100%. The Jets just look off kilter at the moment. I am very much taking the Steelers seriously. The Jets not. Quincy Awunwa. Awunwa? Awunwa. Awunwa. Tom Knight asked, should the Jets fire Todd Bowles? I'm, I'm trying to stay rational, but he's getting outcoached repeatedly. Kevin tweets, if he repeatedly makes boneheaded decisions throughout the season, he may not last to 2017. I mean, there's punting away when you're down by so much. The uh, guy is drunk, but there he goes. I'm sorry, that is hysterical. Yeah, I'm, there are some idiotic decisions, but I think they're just, they've lost their mojo and they need it back. Now, I think you need the sad music for this. Okay. Why? You'll, you'll, sad music. Okay, hold on. Ah. We are seeing the end of an era. They are being retired. The Bumblebee uniforms are no more. I'd like to say they've been wonderful. I love them. Who doesn't love a hooped uniform? You and I surely both do, Will Gavin. But goodbye to those Bumblebee uniforms. Kid watch. I was going to do a sad kit watch at the end, but he went for it. Yeah, I always uh, go for it. A few games that we uh, we haven't touched on yet. Uh... The Indianapolis Colts, having looked terrible in London, do not take a bye week. Go and beat the Chicago Bears. I don't want to talk about this game in too much depth, but what I will say is two things. Colts winning 
of having no bye week in London is massive for NFL in the UK. Absolutely huge. And maybe even more importantly, one of our headphones is making a horrible noise. I don't have headphones. Maybe even more importantly, you can just check your connection on there. Yeah, that's what it was. Uh, oh, sorry, guys. Sorry. <laughs> oh, yeah, I was standing on the, the cable. Oh, and you've done it again. <laughs> Brilliant. Uh, fine. And the other thing being that uh, Frank Gore is got to go to the Hall of Fame. 75 yards on 14 carries. He has now passed Jim Brown to move ninth in the all-time rushing lead. Uh, he changed the game for the Colts with his 13-yard first down rush with a minute left. He completely finished the game off for them. Doesn't change it. Finished it is what I meant to say. Wrong words, Willie. Um, but otherwise, this game's not worth talking about. I just wanted to mention that. There is one thing. Go on. Jay Cutler, su- not even suited up on the sideline. Brian Hoyer. Wow. We should actually, we should mention that about Brian Hoyer. Wow, wow, wow. No, it's, this was now working. And you now- <laughs> okay. <laughs> this is brilliant. Live production on the podcast. Uh, yeah, Brian Hoyer. I beat James Dixon in fantasy football. He is a Bears fan with Brian Hoyer at quarterback. This made me feel very happy. Uh, in another league, I lost to him by 0.1 points, though, so that makes me very angry. Uh, Titans, Dolphins. I've literally just written one word here. Mariota. Nope. Sigh. <laughs> yeah, that's all you can say. Um, Miami are a bad football team. Uh, you know how they had problems with their O-line all day and the Titans managed to get real pressure? Well, Laramie Tunzel went from healthy to inactive on Sunday morning and it's been revealed by Adam Gase why. He fell over in the shower and injured his ankle. That is the kind of team Miami have become. Wow. Uh, so I just, I, I'm not glossing over it. Look, the Titans I don't think are going to be a playoff contender this year, but there are still signs they can go on and be a good team. Good on the ground. Marcus Mariota finally had a day in an offense that wasn't suiting him so far. But you're going up against a Dolphins team who are in the running for maybe not the number one pick, but certainly a top five pick. Um, and we, I just, to touch on this final game as well, uh, it wasn't a great game. Washington and the Ravens, but... The Ravens, after a really impressive opening drive, 75 yards, six plays, touchdown, really didn't do anything on offense after that, and it's lost Mark Trestman his job. He is no longer the offensive coordinator in Baltimore. Uh, he is done. Marty Morningweg will take over play-calling duties for the remainder of the season. Do you think they saw what happened in Buffalo and thought, let's just get rid of Tressy? Yeah, there's an element of that, and uh, 2012, they had that weird one where they, saw, uh, they fired Cam Cameron when everyone's going, well, the offense isn't the problem with your team. Uh, Jim Caldwell came in and they went on to win the Super Bowl. So they know what a mid-season change can do for them in the right situation. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's everything, Ollie. I think we've touched on all the big points. I think we've Thursday. had some fun. Uh, oh, Thursday night football coming up. Well, it's the Broncos are going to hammer the Chargers. Yep. Do, do we need to talk about it anymore? <laughs> the, the Chargers... No, what will actually happen is the Chargers will be winning with... <laughs> Uh, 12 a and a half minutes to go. <laughs> yep. Uh, and uh, we'll fall apart later on. Uh, look, we do need to get out because I've got to go to work and you've got to go to work and uh, all of the work. Uh, but work, work, work. No, sorry, guys. Do not sing that Sorry, again, I can't ever. help it. Uh, do make sure that you go online into, to buy tickets for our international series after party. Gridiron-magazine.com forward slash after party. Like I said last time, they're selling like kind of warm cakes. Uh but they are selling. That's the main thing. Uh, so do make sure you come and join us there. It's going to be a riotous time. Ollie, do you have any final thoughts you would like to bring? At Gridiron on Twitter. Hit us up on iTunes. Uh, rate us if you can because it does help. 
Um, only if it's good ratings. So, so <laughs> only if it's five stars and only if you're going to say something nice. Thank you. Uh, otherwise, thank you very much for listening. We'll have another show later in the week. With or without Cole Beasley, depending on whether we talked to him today. If we did, wasn't he a great interview? If we didn't, I think he's going to be great later in this week. And Julio Jones, whether or not there, unless there's another uh, uh, late-minute unexpected fine impeded on the Falcons. Yeah. Otherwise, thank you very much for listening. This has been The Gridiron Show. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.